and welcome to Detention. Joining us this week for the Politics and News edition of the Detention Podcast, we have the State Alabama Congressional District Board, uh, the House of Representatives, (laughs) Bob Menendez, Senator, and then Diane Feinstein, along with Danny Masterson. So, good group. I'm going to apologize right now. You did all of the heavy lifting, so this is just going to be color commentary for me. Is it? (laughs) Okay. Well, starting off with color commentary, Cody, you think swimming with sharks is expensive? No, but it's probably dangerous. Oh, well, according to a different online website, swimming with sharks uh, will cost you an arm and a leg. Oh, my God. That's a good one. That's a pretty good one. Uh, I like it. All right, starting off with news, I want to talk about the Alabama Congressional Board. This uh, board that helps certify, or not certify, but decide how the district is going to be broken up into different representative spots. So, you know, the state of Iowa has one, every state has one, and generally it's the party in power that then decides from the state legislature how it's going to be broken up. And it's gerrymandered to fuck for pretty much every state. And so that whatever party is in power in that state generally has the better seating for House of Representative members. Iowa's, on the other hand, is relatively good because we cut ourselves almost down the middle both ways. And we have somewhat of a easier way of getting uh, district appointees. But You've seen our congressional numbers, right, in the state? Yeah, we're all red right now, which is bad. I'm just saying, in general, the way it's split up is generally the best, which isn't saying good, but it's the best of most states, because a lot of states' districts are really fucked up, to the point where one street could be the like diameter of a district that then takes you to a certain part that then expands out, because they want these people included, not in others. So, anyway... Alabama's congressional district, the state of Alabama, has uh, filed an emergency application to the U.S. Supreme Court asking for justices to freeze a lower court ruling, which stated that the state's latest version of their congressional map still illegally diluted black voting power. So surprise, surprise, along, along racial lines. Earlier this year, the state's Supreme Court cited the Voting Rights Act as their grounds for rejecting the state's congressional map, setting up a revisit of uh, voting rights issues. The Supreme Court's actions in Alabama case could cause broader national implications, as other maps in several southern states face uh, similar challenges on the same grounds. So, surprise, surprise, southern states trying to dilute minority votes. Not a problem whatsoever. Uh, the Republican-controlled Alabama legislature was instructed by the Supreme Court to with, to redraw boundaries that complied with orders from a lower court to establish a second majority black district in the state. And if you can sense what I'm saying here, again, it's just all racist dog shit where the court is literally telling this, these groups of people, I'm assuming white men, old white men, that, hey, you need to do this in order for it to be balanced. And they're like, no, we don't want to do that. We're going to petition the Supreme Court to say that we don't need to, because fuck it. Um, Just shows more instances of Republicans in the South and Southern states specifically uh, who are purposely trying to minimize people of color's power and representation and dilute their voting power. Specifically, like we mentioned, under the Voting Rights Act, which is a 
law passed by Congress in the 60s. So it's it's got power backing to it. The Supreme Court said that it was justified, and the fact that they're trying to subvert their own state Supreme Court to go to the national Supreme Court just so they can get their own jerry-rigged fucker districts through is telling. Because... Why not? In this day and age, why not? Why can't we just try to suppress black votes? In a state that has, you know, one of the higher population of African Americans in our country. Just because a lot of the African Americans still live in the South. So, cheap's getting worse. (laughs) Speaking of worse, Biden is actually having an impeachment inquiry going on now. So the House of Representatives did officially start a inquiry process. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy said that he is now launching the impeachment inquiry against President Joe Biden. The House Judiciary Oversight and Ways and Means Committees will lead the impeachment inquiry. The panels have been working together for months on various probes related to the Biden family and have yet to directly connect the president to any of their findings, apparently. So that's very interesting. They're starting the inquiry without actually having any hard, concrete evidence for it. Yeah, that was my question. Is like, what is he being impeached for? Um, so they're tying him to the claims that Hunter Biden was receiving bribes as part of uh, his involvement with an oil and gas company called Burisma uh, since he was a board member of that company. And they're saying that President Biden benefited from his son's involvement in that company when Biden was VP under Obama. I wonder how he would have benefited. Uh, Being a VP, I mean, you're mainly in charge of foreign relations type stuff. You're kind of like a glorified ambassador for a lot of stuff. Okay, but how is he benefiting from that? That that's my question. You know, is you know I understand yeah. there's a connection with his son, in, yeah, it being his dad. But how is there going to be a benefit for Biden? I would assume that they're trying to link that since you were the VP, going and speaking to these different national groups in different countries, that you could then specifically for this Ukrainian oil company speak on the behalf of your son, and then they would give the son kickbacks for whatever amount of money. And then because of his involvement, that is benefiting the Biden family. So again, it's not specifically benefiting Biden himself. It's more of just his actions benefiting his family. Gotcha. In that way. Yep. But, you know, like we talked about before they even started launching the inquiry, is you could say the exact same thing for Donald Trump, for any of his dealings that you have done in the Middle East with Jared Kushner. Yeah. Right? So it's... It wouldn't really seem too far-fetched to be like, well, why won't you look into Trump for this? Because very similar things, I'm sure, had happened. You know, I'm all for bringing the hammer down. Mm -hmm. I don't care what party it is. If it's bad, it's bad. But there needs to be some consistency. Yes. Uh, Keith Withington, an impeachment expert at Princeton University, said that impeachment is supposed to be reserved for grave offenses that that are present and ongoing threat to the country. Obviously, this happened when Biden was VP, so that's not present or ongoing. Uh, Some interesting facts is that the length of separation from the inquiry and impeachable offense, quote, is over 3,000 days. So 3,400 and some days, longest in U.S. history. Um, Nixon's was only 599 days, so it was nearly two years in between Watergate 
and then the inquiry. Clinton's was 254 days. Trump's first impeachment inquiry was 61 days after, uh, and then his second one was only seven days because it was pretty much immediately after January 6th where they tried to have an impeachment inquiry for his actions on January 6th. Um, This one with Biden is somewhat unique because there has not been an actual vote for an inquiry impeachment to happen. McCarthy just said that we're doing it, and normally you have to have a vote to then go into the inquiry process. Um, McCarthy says that this is because Pelosi set a new precedent when initiating an impeachment inquiry without holding an official vote. Um, For Trump's first inquiry, the process for the inquiry of impeachment was started before a vote was taken, but shortly after the inquiry had started, a vote was held. And then for Trump's second impeachment, they did not have a vote at all because, like I said, it was immediately following his involvement for January 6th where they tried to impeach him before he left office shortly later that month. So that's where McCarthy's getting his basis for why I don't need to have a vote because Pelosi didn't have a vote for Trump's two, though he did. she did for the first one. It was just delayed, and then there was little to no time to do it for the second one. Which, I, you know, as much as this kind of makes me shitty... I understand that logic. Makes sense. I get it. Not really, but... The difference, though, is the weight of each impeachment, Mm -hmm. and like you said, the longevity of it, and whatever that guy said is present and pressing. Mm -hmm. Not really present and pressing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So going back to kind of what we were talking about several weeks ago when we first heard that there was potentially going to be an impeachment inquiry... It seems to be exactly what I thought it was going to be a few months ago, um, where it is now seen as a political tool, as something that you can use against the opposing party uh, to try and remove that party's president or, you know, more influential political leaders. It's a dangerous precedent, unfortunately, because now I just feel like it's going to keep going back and forth, regardless who is in power, and they're going to use it for a little to everything. Um and it's using resources that could better be used elsewhere, literally. Like, this is tax dollars that could be used for much of anything else. Yeah. And I go back and forth with this, and part of it's probably biased, but how many times do Democrats have to be the good guys? You know, we don't want to have... We don't want to set these precedents. We don't want to have all these negative things about, I guess what I'm trying to say, where we know we don't like this outcome, but Mm -hmm. we're going to deal with it. Whereas Republicans will be, we don't like this outcome. So we're going to do everything we can to avoid it. Right. Mm -hmm. Just because they don't want to lose or they don't want to do like, and I get that, but if that's the way it needs to be, that's the way it needs to be. And you might go against what you personally believe, but if it's better for people, do it. Yep. I don't know how many more times that Democrats just have to be the bigger person. Exactly. And that's not a good thing to happen, right? We shouldn't always have to be the bigger person, but now if we're going to have to fight back, then what's it going to be? It's just going to be a pissing match back and forth, mm-hmm. which is what it's becoming. And that's just absolutely asinine. It's like you lost for four years. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. Help us be better. Yeah. That's that's the whole point of this. Help us be better. It's a refusal from definitely one side and a pretty much 
certainty from the other, it seems like. Uh, speaking of owning up to your mistakes, Democratic U.S. Senator Bob Ma- uh, Menendez of New Jersey is not in refusing to step down against federal corruption charges that he has received, um, where he has apparently received half a million dollars in cash, don't not, not even donations, just payments, um, into his personal savings, dealing with his uh, foreign relations, because he is a chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, and he has uh, supposedly been receiving payments from different Middle Eastern countries like... Uh, Egypt is one of them. Um, And how blatant it is for this guy to be like, you're so totally fucked, is that when they raided his house, they found in his personal safe uh, gold bars that were stamped from the Swiss bank. And then a few, like within a day after his apparent receival of those gold bars, and they're in kilos, right? They're not going to be in U.S. measurements. He Googled how much is a one kilo gold bar worth. So that's on his own personal record, as well as several coat jackets in his um, closet that have his embroidered name on them. So they're his fucking jacket, have money stuffed in them that uh, he can't account for. So he's just somehow getting money that is not being traced through any type of payment through Congress. And it's not through any of his own personal dealings outside of Congress. So where do you get all this hundreds of thousands of dollars that are just stuffed in your jack pockets, man? So, in, like I said, he's refusing to uh, step down from the committee. Um, let's see. He uh, also has um, money confiscated from funds from their time in Cuba. Um, authorities recovered about 10 envelopes with tens of thousands of dollars in cash that had the fingerprints of one of the other defendants in the case on them. So it's like, well, if this is another guy that we're investigating, his fingerprints are on the envelopes that you now are in possession of. That's another reason to say that you're, you know, totally fucking guilty, but he's refusing to step down. And it's another problem of corruption in the United States government. So hopefully he'll take the hint at some point and his party will pressure him to step down because this is also, you know, just a bad look in general, especially if you're supposed to be, quote, the better party, right? right? I mean, with the Anthony Weiner shit, they pretty much ousted him right away once they found out that he was sexting women that weren't his wife and having hookers in a hotel room in whatever state that he was in. So it's like, maybe we should uh, really reconsider who's going to be in charge of some of these committees. Oh, man, the government just gets worse. <laughs> but the good news is, is that Diane Feinstein's dead. Yeah, great news. That's the great news. Why is that great news? Because she was 90. That I mean, yes, she should have never re-ran. Yeah. But she was a Democrat. Yeah. I, I don't know With, anything about her voting, so I don't know if she did good or bad or whatever the case may be. She could have done more, obviously. For our generation today, she probably could have voted a little bit better on certain things. The main two tidbits of her is that she was the first female mayor of San Francisco, and then she was the first female elected senator from her district. So that's the good news about her. I can't tell you much else besides the fact that she probably should have retired 20-plus years ago and that the fact that she stayed this long and died 
and now forced the governor, Gavin Newsom of California, to then just appoint someone to take her spot, you know? Right. You probably should have done this a while ago. Well, my boss and I were talking about it, and, like, we were talking about how Congress needs to have term limits and different things along those lines, but Mm -hmm. the fact that she was battling shingles for three months, you are not at work. Yeah. You cannot do your job. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, if I was gone from work for three months, I would be fired. Or even like we talked about, there was a video that I saw of her during a voting for whatever bill, and she couldn't hear it, so she just leaned over to her aide and said, what? And the aide just said, just say yes. And she was like, yeah. <laughs> like, the bitch is senile. She doesn't even know what the fuck's going on, and you just have an aide basically taking her vote for her. Right. It's it's not okay. She should have been gone a while ago. Yeah. But Chuck Grassley is now the oldest person in Congress right now. So he's still kicking. Yeah, he's still kicking. But still, fuck him. He's too <laughs> old. Get him out. Yeah. Uh, other news that happened over the last several weeks is that Danny Masterson has been sentenced to 30 years in prison. So that's good news. Yes. Um, best known for his role in the sitcom That 70s Show, he has been sentenced to 30 years to life in prison on two counts of rape that he was found guilty of for women. There is a third one he just wasn't found guilty of. Um, Sean Hawley, a lawyer for Masterson, told reporters that he and his team were, quote, very disappointed and that, though, quote, we have a great respect for the jury and for our system of justice. Sometimes they get it wrong, end quote, which... What the evidence says against you, I don't see how they're wrong. It's kind of bold. Yeah. Pretty bold of you. Pretty ballsy. Um, Here's an idea. Yeah. If you're upset, don't do that. True. Just don't do it in the first place. That's a mind-blowing idea. Um, They believe that a number of significant evidentiary and constitutional issues occurred during the trial, and they are going to appeal the rulings. Um, Masterson, who is 47, will be eligible for parole in 20 years, according to the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office. Uh, One of Masterson's victims said under oath that she went to the Church of Scientology to report that he had raped her while they were dating, and they responded, this is what the Church of Scientology told her, quote, you cannot rape someone that you're in a relationship with. And, quote, Yes, you can. Don't say that word again. They told her not to say that word. Pretty ballsy on their part, too. Yeah. So now um, a bunch of former Scientologists are trying to, again, use this as leverage to attack the Church of Scientology. I'm forgetting the name of the famous actress that was on Kings of Queens that was a part of the church and now has been on a campaign to basically bring all their shit to light. I can't remember her fucking name. Um, but you can look her up. Just do Kings of Queens. It was the wife to Kevin James in the show. Um Ramey something, I want to say. Uh, but apparently this is a, a known thing in the Church of Scientology where several people will come forward saying that so-and-so... Leah Ramini. Okay, there we go. Um, where several people will come forward to church officials saying that so-and-so, who is also a member of this church, raped me, and they'll be like, don't care, didn't happen, shut up and move on. So it's, you know, just like a normal church in reality. Pretty much. To be honest. So... More cover-ups happening there. Uh, Last a little bit before we get into surprise topics. Um, An American explorer was rescued from a Turkish cave. Uh, American explorer Mark Dickey was uh, rescued from a deep cave in Turkey after he became ill uh, on the expedition. 
A several-day-long rescue mission was completed after Dickey was lifted via stretcher from their camp some 3,400 feet below the surface. Um, Dickey said that he initially felt optimistic about surviving, uh, regardless of his condition, uh, but he felt less confident when he began to, quote, throw up blood, end quote. Then my consciousness started to get harder to hold on to, and I reached a point where I said, I'm going to, I'm not going to live. <laughs> Which, if you can imagine being some thousands of feet down in a cave, um, and you all of a sudden are experiencing these uh, major health crises, and you're like, oh, don't worry, I'll just knock it off, we'll get up there, and then it gets progressively worse within the passing hours. You're like, oh shit, I'm going to die in a fucking cave. Right. That's pretty scary. Um, but luckily he was rescued. It was a joint effort between uh, Turkish officials as well as other local governments going down there and getting him out. Um, from my last understanding is that he was being treated in ICU and was doing well. So good. that's the good news. All right. Surprise topics. Did you have yours? I, I do. Do you want me to go first? If you want. I can do that. So mine is political. Again, I called mine One Republic. Oh, okay. Like Star Wars. Yeah, sure. So, starting off, Representative Victoria Sparts, who is a Republican from Indiana, has just about had enough with Congress and its unwillingness to handle the increased amount of debt, and she is now threatening to throw herself on the sword and resign. Hmm. Yet, in a dramatic statement from her office on Capitol Hill, Sparks currently serving her second term as U.S. representative. She made her displeasure with her fellow, with how her fellow representatives, seemingly on both parties, are dealing with, or I guess not dealing with, the mounting national debt. Sparks releases following statement entitled "Sparks will consider resigning Congress if no debt commission passed this year." It says, "I've done many very oh wow it's." really bad. I've done many very difficult things being one woman standing many times with many very long hours and personal sacrifices. That's rough sentence, (laughs) but there is a limitation to human capacity. If Congress does not pass a debt commission this year to move the needle on the crushing national debt and inflation, at least at the next debt ceiling increase at the end of 2024, I will not continue sacrificing my children for this circus with a complete absence of leadership, vision, and spine. I cannot save this Republic alone. Oh, okay. Um, She actually went on to call Kevin McCarthy weak, um, saying our founding fathers would be rolling over in their graves to see how this institution is betraying our Republic for personal political ambitions and our children will be ashamed of another worthless Congress. And you know what? Can't disagree with that. I can't either. And is it dramatic? Yes. Um, But she's not wrong. No. Like, uh, going back to what we talked about, it's just a pissing match at this point. When we have other shit to deal with. And like you said, we we could use this money elsewhere. How to solve the debt crisis, no one knows. And I really don't think they care. They, they, They act like they care. But I don't think they care because they're not hurting. No, not personally. So I don't know what the solution to the debt crisis is. I honestly don't know what's really contributing to it. I I haven't looked at it. I haven't done a deep dive. So I'm not going to sit here and talk like I know about it. But I'd, she's she's right. I'd say it's I would I would think like anything that it comes down to a simple point. Debt is you're spending more than what you're taking in. 
True. So if you are purposely spending money in places that it does not belong, you need to do an overhaul of what needs to be spent where, right. which means actually appropriating money to the right places, not just spending money for the industrial military industrial complex. Yep. And making sure that there's not extensive tax loopholes where the billion dollars that people have that aren't paying their taxes can just not get to the federal government and into the system in some way. Yeah. I would say that would probably be helpful. The biggest way of making sure that the debt crisis is at least somewhat under control. Yeah. And people talk about, oh, bring jobs back to America. And that would help too. And I am all for that. But the thing they don't think about, and because it's a lot of Republicans who are saying that as well, is they will never do that. Businesses mm-hmm. will never do that. Yeah. Because it is cheaper to build somewhere else. If my bottom line can get bigger instead of smaller, that is what they are going to do. Exactly. And we've talked about businesses aren't willing to go for no. a lower bottom line. If it means having more American jobs, that's more expensive for them. They they're will just, not do it. They're just going to either raise prices to the point where their bottom line is then compensated the for that. Right. Or they're just not going to do it and be like, well, fuck it. I would rather have a massive bottom line yeah. than have to have Americans work for uh, here in the country. Yeah. So, they won't do it. They will not do it. And that's why government intervention is good for business practices. Right. You know, I'm all for trading <laughs> with other countries because that is beneficial. That Ooh, is yeah. mutually beneficial heavily. Mm-hmm. But, no, they they won't bring jobs back here. They Def- will not do it. Definitely not. Because you're already struggling with getting people to work, right? Good luck getting them to fill those jobs. Secondly, mm-hmm. they're going to require a decent amount of pay for it that you're not willing to pay for. Exactly. It won't happen. Yep. Uh, my surprise topic, I called uh, let the streets or made the streets run red. So... Seems very... Ominous? Yeah. A little bit. It's not like Carrie or anything. Um, so apparently a wine factory, I'm assuming, in Portugal had a major problem where roughly 2.2 million liters of wine, some 581,000 gallons, poured out of two burst tanks in Distilia, Laveria, uh, a few weeks back according to the local newspaper, where literally streets were running red of wine. Um, The company issued a statement saying that it is, quote, profoundly laments the incident, pledging that they will bear the costs of the cleanup uh, for the local communities that were devastated by this freak accident. Um, The large amounts of wine being stored in the distillery through the government's, quote, crisis distillation program, um, which was to incentivize funds to remove the glut of wine from the market pipeline before the year's harvest um, is now obviously all over the fucking countryside. Uh, Portugal has the world's highest wine consumption rate per capita, uh, but these are difficult times for a lot of wine producers throughout all of Europe. Uh, Portugal's wine consumption in and of itself fell 34% over the last several years. Uh, The European Union said that this summer citing inflation and other pressures are the cause for that. Um, Large countries such as France and Germany are also seeing double-digit declines in wine consumption. So... It sucked for this company. Obviously, they were holding on to it because the government was issuing, you know, incentives for making sure that it 
stays that way and then it just fucking bursts and you lose all of it and now you have to pay money to the local communities because you flooded a bunch of homes like it's crazy but interesting because how many times can you say that you just stepped outside and could get a free glass of wine. free glass of wine just <laughs> running down your street wouldn't want to drink that but you know uh. I don't, I don't think the streets uh, in those rural communities where vineyards are, where they have wine distillation companies, is probably the cleanest, I wouldn't say it would oh, be. It's fine. All right. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of the Politics and News edition of the Detention Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please spread the word and encourage others to listen as well. You can follow us on Twitter at DetentionPod1, or you can send us an email at DetentionPodcast1 at gmail.com. You can listen to the Detention Podcast on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And with that, your detention has been served. We will see you again next week.